Wind spits spray in my face. Water slops against the sides of our small fishing boat as it shudders out of the harbour into a dawn that billows fire above and below the horizon. Max, my two-year-old, is up front helping drive the boat. I met the skipper, Chris, just 12 hours ago. We are borrowing a dad, one who has lived at sea and might be able to open a door into this secretive ocean. Today, there is one last chance for things to go right. There is nothing to do except trust in this generous stranger, give myself over to the wind and the water, keep my eyes fixed on the waves, examining every curve, every roll, every swirl, every ripple. Look, that old rust bucket, shouts Max from inside the cabin, pointing. We are cruising slowly past the blue and white, rust-streaked hulk of a commercial fishing boat. He's channeling Grandpa Pig, arguing with Grandad Dog from the Peppa Pig cartoon. The boat's name, Faith, is written in strident white capital letters on the bow. I have to look away. I've lost faith in my idea of following the grey whale migration, in the whales themselves, and most of all, in myself. I wanted to show Max how the mothers and calves travel thousands of miles from the lagoons of Baja California in Mexico to the Arctic Ocean, to prove to him that it is possible to do anything, to overcome anything, with just the two of us. It was me who needed convincing, though, and things haven't gone to plan. Kodiak Island, our final stop, is a major milestone on the Grey Whale Highway and is our last chance to see them before we have to leave. On the map, the island looks as though it's been carelessly thrown from the Alaskan mainland, as carelessly as I've thrown away £10,000 of bank loan to finance this trip. Our visas are spent too. The journey was supposed to help me start anew. It distracted me for a while. But now that it's ending, I'm confronted by all I ran from. A list of my failings. I failed to set up a life for us that I could tolerate. Failed to earn enough money to support us. Failed to just get on with it like everyone else. I failed repeatedly and spectacularly at love. And of course failed to see what a stupid idea this journey was in the first place. I'm reading with so much failure that my legs are unsteady and I grip the side of the boat, press my hands onto the wood. My fingers leave no impression. We slide past Arctic Hunter, Resolution, Provider and Lady Kodiak on the final row of moorings. The boat throttles up. The water gets agitated. We creep out from behind a hook of land. The sea, which is now a jagged industrial grey, withholds judgement, unlike me. It could drown me without it being anything personal. Its indifference is comforting. The freezing rip of air anaesthetises the sorrow in my chest. The moving mass of water that backs with a noise like thunder against the far-off cliffs drowns out my head wreck. Max is sitting on Chris's knee, a small pair of hands and a large pair of hands in company on the wheel, guiding our course. Max is enjoying himself so much he hasn't called for me once. I see the corner of a wide smile, 
round cheek framed by blonde tangles and the rough of his hood. He turns and fixes his eyes on me, large, slightly elongated and usually blue. They are softened to grey by the light from the clouds. The island shuttles off through the ocean behind us. This is the Gulf of Alaska, where the Bering Sea breaks its back on the Aleutian Islands, which stretch westwards towards Russia. The Unangan, or Aleut people, call one of these islands the birthplace of the winds. Chris, who used to be a fisherman and is now a landlocked electrician, is treating himself to a fishing trip for Father's Day. His wife and their two young daughters bump happily on the benches in the cabin as we skitter across the swells. Max and I are tagging along because Chris says he knows where the grey whales feed.